Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where today we will be talking about seven Stoic tips for better decision making. I'm your co-host, Mateo. And I'm your co-host, Ren. Now, we all know that human beings, adults, make over 35,000 decisions daily, this according to numerous academic studies. And with so many decisions faced on a daily basis, we obviously have to understand what makes a good decision and what do Stoics prioritize when they go into decision-making mode. And unsurprisingly, we're going to talk about things like dichotomy of control, about virtue, but there's some kind of subtle things that Stoics do that can greatly enhance your ability to make better decisions. And not only better decisions, but quicker decisions and ones that make your life much more worry-free, I would say. These are things that we have employed in our lives. And while we don't make perfect decisions, nobody will. We're all human beings. I have noticed distinctly that you get a lot less worried about decision-making when you apply these habits. And so we're going to be going over seven distinct stoic tips that enhance your decision-making. The first one being analyzing the decision under dichotomy of control. As with anything in Stoicism, the famed Epictetus with his dichotomy of control comes into play here, where when you are faced with a decision, you are faced with a separate issue, which is, is this decision something that I can control? If it is, then go ahead and make the decision. Go ahead and act on that decision. But if it isn't, then you have no reason whatsoever to be worried about the issue. You have no reason to be worried about it whatsoever, because Ultimately, whether you make the decision or not, the result is still going to be the same because you have no control whatsoever under the issue. But if it's something where, you know, it's a gray area, which is certainly understandable, especially in life, you know, it's there's a lot of gray areas. It doesn't it's not cut and dry. It's not black and white where you're just instantly able to say, well, it's under my control or not under my control. And so for those gray areas, it's better to attempt to do something than to sit there and do nothing. So if you think, you know, maybe it's under my control, but I don't know, I'd have to act on it first, then go ahead and act on it and do not be afraid that it's something that isn't under your control. Because even if you acted on it, at least you're giving effort, you're trying, you're attempting, and you can course correct when you soon realize that it isn't under your control and stop worrying about it. Right. And I think a good quote to sort of follow up and like emphasize that point, it's a quote from Seneca where he says, it is not because things are difficult that we dare not venture. It is because we dare not venture that they are difficult. And like you mentioned, it's a great example when you talk about dichotomy of control, because the first thing you do when you're faced with the decision, if you're thinking stoically, is you ask yourself, is it under my control? And if it's not, then it's, it means absolutely nothing to you. And it should not even be taking up you know, a bit of space in your mind shouldn't be taking any of your attention, any of your concern, any of your energy, because if it is something you can't control, it is simply something that you should not worry about. However, if it is something that you can like impart control, there's aspects that you can or aspects that you can't, then you sort of have to distinguish, you know, is it, are there, what can I control and what can I not control? The things I can't control in this situation, I won't worry about those, but the things that I can, I will attempt to sort of uh, fix these things or impose my you know, my will on these things to make them better. And then you when those things that are under your control, you have to ask yourself, does it concern virtue, right? And if the answer is no, then you can go down 
your path of saying, well, avoid it or, you know, then it is nothing to me. I shouldn't really worry about it. But if it is, then if it simply is something that does concern virtue, then we know that you should be using it to practice justice, courage, wisdom, right? The the pillars of virtue that Stoicism talks about. Right. Yeah. So the first step, obviously, is analyzing that dichotomy of control. But then the next step within your decision making process has to be analyzing the issue at hand or maybe not this issue, just simple decision based on virtue. And now it seems difficult, right? The four stoic virtues are wisdom, justice, temperance, courage. If you're making a decision on what you eat for lunch that day, obviously, this is not going to apply. And so while you are analyzing through virtue, and that's a good point, and that's something that you always have to do. Those are for more maybe bigger decisions, decisions that have a long lasting impact within your life that are the hard decisions. That's when you analyze your virtue. But the Stoics, when you had those kind of menial decisions where it's like, what do I eat for lunch or what do I wear today? Things that sometimes within our own lives can be big decisions, decisions that weigh on us for a little bit. Uh, obviously, maybe not lunch, but some of those things that kind of fall again in another gray area. Stoics have things called indifference, which are things that maybe don't relate to these stoic virtues, but are things that you would like to have or wouldn't like to have. And so that's things like good health, being attractive, things that are not necessarily related to these stoic virtues, but are nice to have. And so you analyze virtue with those sto four stoic values. And if it's a just action or if it's wise or it's courageous, then it's a step you should take. It's something you should act upon. But if it's those indifference, like saying, good health or this product's going to make me more attractive or like here's a new haircut that I sh maybe should try. Those types of decisions, as long as they're not in conflict with those virtues, are decisions that should be easy to make. And I think in that way, we can see that virtue is a very easy lens to look at problems through. If you would just have a set kind of guide of values, which is wisdom, which is justice, which is temperance, which is being courageous and you sit down and you have those four values, if you truly understand what those values are and what they look like in terms of being applied in your life, then it's easy to make decisions because you can say, when I envision myself being a courageous person, being a brave person, being a kind person, when I envision myself upholding justice, when I envision myself leaving a legacy that people will say, hey, that person is wise, do I do these things? The answer is no then make the opposite decision, make the right decision. The answer is yes, then you can feel comfortable doing those things. There's a level of, of uncomfortability, of discomfort when it comes to hard decisions. And I get it. We both have that level of discomfort when it comes to making hard decisions. We face those hard decisions when we chose what college we're going to go to last year, when what the decision was, where am I going to spend these next four years, or in my case, maybe three, because I wanna get out of college as soon as possible. But those big decisions have a level of discomfort. The way that you ease that discomfort, or one way you ease that discomfort, is by applying these stoic virtues. Because they're things that are hard to argue against. It's hard to argue against being just. It's hard to argue against being wise. It's hard to argue against being courageous. These things are not things that are disagreeable or something that is debatable. And if when you're making decisions, you don't want something that's debatable, you want something that's solid. And the Stoics realize that, and that's why they put everything through the lens of dichotomy of control and virtue. And it's important to note that even when you are putting every, you know, your decisions through these these values, it's still there are going to be times where you 
hesitate simply by nature because we have decisions where we're sort of forced to make a decision quicker than we would like to, right? Sometimes life doesn't necessarily go the way we want and we have to make a split decision with our best um, with our best judgment. And I think that touches the most on the value of courage because being courageous isn't just, you know, being like being brave is sort of an illusion because in order to be brave, you have to be terrified. You have to be scared. You have to feel fear. And then you make a decision despite feeling fear. So that's sort of why we sort of hesitate is because we're afraid. You know, we don't want to make the right decision or the wrong decision, but it's interesting because when you when you look at decisions through a stoic perspective, you sort of realize that it's not necessarily about what's choosing right or wrong. It can be about simply just choosing like the lesser of two evils almost. Like if you have two really tough decisions that you're, you know, going between, it's really about making the best of a bad situation. It's not necessarily about how, you know, what is the right choice, what is the wrong choice? Because that's not the stoic way of looking at things, right? We know that good things and bad things happen to or not good things and bad things we know that right like heartbreak or hardship happen to both good and bad people therefore those things aren't either good or bad it's more about just making the best of the tough situation that you get put in so when it comes to hesitation and decisions there are two ways that a stoic would approach a really hard decision and that is one with action or two a uh, what they call quote a uh, suspension of judgment so you know how when you make a decision, right, sometimes you're like, oh, like, let me think about it. And then you actually don't go think about it. You're just saying, let me think about it. Then you go kind of move on with your day and you leave people kind of hanging high and dry. You don't really consider the the decision. You sort of put it off as something you don't want to worry about right now. This is bad because a suspension of judgment should look like you're you need more information, but you're not going to decide right now. So instead, you're going to keep gathering information but you still communicate to the other people involved in this decision to let them know that you're still working. You're not just putting it off and being indecisive. So I think when it comes to hesitation, the only time you should ever hesitate is if you feel you don't have enough information about the situation. But even that can be sort of an illusion because part of you is it could be attached to certain outcomes. So you're like, oh, if I'm attached to a certain outcome, I'm going to feel like I don't have enough information until I feel like that outcome is what's best for me. So that also leads into you can't be attached to certain outcomes when you're making big decisions, because then you're inherently going to be biased towards making a certain decision based off of what you like predetermined, what your wants are like predetermined to be inherently, you know what I'm saying? So then you, you're going to hesitate more if you're attached to a certain outcome already, instead of kind of non-biased looking at uh, looking at a situation without bias and you're saying these are my options weighing them objectively not being attached then you can objectively gather more information or research or perspective on either choice and then you can make your decision i i, I think one of the biggest pet peeves that i've kind of noticed in the past year is people who do hesitate too much especially as it relates to decision making you always hear the quote and it's it's a sports related quote where it says you miss 100 percent of the shots that you don't take and I think when we look at decision making, if you're sitting there and you're worrying about whether I'm going to make the wrong decision or not, the more you sit and wait, the longer you take to make a decision, is you're more likely to make the wrong decision, right? The decisions you don't make, 100% of them are going to be wrong. Because is it better to be, sit there and be passive and let life pass you by and you don't make decisions because you're too afraid and you hesitate? Or would you rather kind of grab life and say, I'm in control here? and go out and make those decisions. 
Now, you're absolutely right. There's times where you have to take a step back and acquire more information. But when we look at these big decisions, the problem we have in society nowadays is that A, we flip-flop on those decisions all the time, and B, it takes us too long to make them. If we look at even like politics, politicians, community leaders, when they're faced with those tough decisions nowadays, there's so much backlash that they hesitate to make those decisions. And oftentimes people end up dying because of it, or they get criticized in the media even more. And I think while it's not an apples to apples comparison here, I think it is a microcosm of the fact that whenever we take longer to make a decision, whenever we hesitate to make a decision and we say, well, we're just going to let it play out for a little bit more, the bad result ends up happening almost all of the time. How often in your life have you thought of, okay, well, I'm not going to make this decision. We're just going to let things happen. And then it works out perfectly. That It's a very rare instance that that happens. And if it does happen, good for you. But if you want to be on more solid footing, if you want to make better decisions, don't hesitate. Seneca has a complete work called On the Shortness of Life, where he goes over basically how we squander life's gifts because we always act like we have another day coming. He says that putting things off is the biggest waste of life. It snatches away each day as it comes. He talks about how the future is always uncertain. So whether you make this decision or that decision, the future is still going to be uncertain. Your decision doesn't necessarily change the future. Now, obviously, it changes your path. It alters it a little bit, but it doesn't change the kind of variability of the future. So you're still going to be anxious. You're still going to be worried regardless of whether you make the decision or not. So instead of, we talk about dichotomy of control, instead of letting fate decide and just throwing it to chance by not making a decision, why don't you take initiative within your own life by saying it's enough of hesitation. I've taken enough time. It's time for me to just finally make a decision. And when we think about externally, how we project when we do those types of things, that's what leaders do. I just mentioned those politicians. We're unhappy with our leaders, especially in this country. And it's no surprise that we're unhappy because they are indecisive. We like decisive leaders. All throughout history, human beings have liked decisive leaders. They don't like people who sit up in their ivory towers or sit at home and say, waste 10 minutes thinking about all the different possibilities. They like people who go out and take action. So if you want to be an effective leader, if you want to make those decisive actions and be somebody who looks confident, somebody who makes better decisions, don't hesitate. Don't let life pass you by while you sit here twiddling your thumbs, wondering about worrying about, oh, what does this decision mean? It's dumb. Because whether the decision is right or wrong, at least you took action. And it's something that you can learn from, which is something we'll discuss later. And there's a that's a great point. There's a quote where uh, this isn't you know verbatim, but it says, basically, it's better to go in any direction than to stay where you are or go backwards, right? So as long as you're taking action, at least you're going somewhere and you're bound to learn something new than if you were to just stay stagnant. Funny enough, you brought up what Seneca was talking about, because in my last Stoic reading that I did, number four, um, section five of book two in meditations by Marcus Aurelius, literally like the whole thing was about procrastination basically and how we waste time and how the gods give us chance after chance after chance. And we're like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to have tomorrow or I'm going to be have like the same chance in five hours. It's, it's so arrogant to put things off, assuming that you're going to get the chance to do them later. You know, you're, you're telling yourself, I'm going to be able to do this. I, I have unlimited time but then eventually reality is going to catch up with you and it's going to hit you and you're gonna be like i damn like damn i wish i had done that before or i wish i had taken action when i did and you don't want to live a life full of regrets and the, the the reason that a lot of people not even just with decisions but with habits in general or 
just making choices or getting started doing something difficult, the reason most people don't succeed is because the hardest part is getting started, is taking those first five, 10 steps, you know, the first couple weeks, the first couple hard decisions you have to make. That's the hardest part. And so we're so used to getting things right away that when things don't work out for us immediately, we kind of give up on them and go say, oh, there's definitely another option that I can get just like that. It's not true. Like you said, it's absolutely better to, even if you don't really know if you're making the right choice or not, or you feel scared, it's better to take action doing something than to stay where you are. Uh, A point that I kind of wanted also that we were going to bring up was analyzing a choice like through your purpose was through your like life's purpose or your your goal. This can be on a big scale. This can be on a small scale. Uh, Any purpose you have that this decision that you're going to make is going to impact. I think it's important to ask yourself two things. One, how does this like help or hinder my path to virtue, right? Because you talked about making decisions through virtuous living, like to achieve the like temperance, wisdom, justice, and uh, courage. But it's also important to ask yourself, you know, and this comes with learning from your previous decisions as well, but how can I make sure I don't make the same mistake again? Like where have been times in my life that I made a decision and it actually took me off course or sort of knocked me off? Like what what was my mindset? Being very analytical of your decisions and your your history and your past is the best way to move forward and make a better informed decision in the future. I'm not all for living in the past, but analyzing yourself, analyzing your decisions very in detail is, is my, in my opinion, a great way to ensure you don't make those same decisions again. And once you kind of start having this dialogue with yourself, this healthy, you know, self-talk, you're sort of talking yourself through decisions without your emotions, you're just thinking, you're talking about the facts, it becomes a lot easier to, you know, pinpoint uh, points in your past that you made mistakes or that you can learn from or things you want to do better. It, and it comes with experience. So unless you're, you can't do this like the first time, it's going to be very difficult to make a decision without having analyzed anything. You have to fail in order to succeed. So if you can look back on the places that you did fail, then you can sort of analyze those in very great detail and then apply those into your future to learn how you can make better decisions towards your purpose. Yeah, before I kind of address the couple of tips you discussed there, the, the one final point that I wanted to add, and it's kind of like self-motivation, like hustle culture is what it sounds like, but it's a mindset that I've employed that's helped me gain more control over my decision making and be less hesitant, is I mentioned right from the top that we make as humans 35,000, over 35,000 decisions a day. And as humans, I believe instinctually, we aren't lazy. We don't want to be led by the hand by other people throughout our lives. We want to, at some point, take some sort of semblance of control over our lives. If that's not you, I feel very sad for you because as human beings, we should be the ones leading our own path. We shouldn't be led through life, walk through life, our hands held, us coddled all the time. So when we look at those 35,000 decisions, are you really okay with 35,000 separate points with throughout your day? Someone's going to lead you through life 35,000 times throughout the day. You're giving up power to somebody else, something else over your life. Are you going to decide to say that maybe you should take control of your life? Maybe you should take the power back. Those 35,000 times throughout the day are times where you can show that. You can show that you have control over your own life. You have the power and you are the one who is making those confident decisions. That's my self-motivational 30-second kind of 
pep talk for making your own decisions and not hesitating. But I feel empowered now. <laughs> but the next tip that we've kind of articulating from are learning from your previous decisions. Now, in all of my spiel on hesitating, I did say that when you make those decisions, there is a time and a place for you to acquire research and acquire knowledge and be analytical. The best people who make those decisions employ the greatest virtue known to man, which is reason. And to be reasonable, use logic to make your decisions. You need some sort of data points to base those decisions off of. And so the next tip we have is learning from your previous decisions. Now, if you're somebody who's younger, this is definitely tougher, but we're both, well, we're both not 19. I'm 19, you're 18. I always forget that, but We've experienced quite a lot in terms of human experience. Once you get to the point where you are 18, 19, you're a young adult, you're officially an adult, you've gone through a lot of stuff in life. And so you've gone through a lot of experiences that are able to influence your decision making. So if we face these tens of thousands of decisions every day, why would we not call back on them as data points? When you go through life, all of these are commonalities, common situations where You've already experienced something similar to this or maybe exactly the same thing. So when you are in the moment and you are pressed for time maybe to make a decision, the best thing that you can call on is previous experience because that's the thing that humans learn the most from. The Stoics were very, very heavy on the emphasis in terms of perpetual learning. And this doesn't mean go sit and take classes all of your life. It just means as you walk through life, always have a learning mindset. And the way that you can employ this in terms of decision-making is always think about the decisions that you made throughout the day and what they resulted in. If you made a decision and it was a bad decision, that happens. It's fine. It's fine because guess what? You learn from it. If it's a bad decision, you're not going to repeat the same mistake again. We all have to go through life and make mistakes. We all have to go through life and make bad decisions. It's inevitable. And so... Would you rather just keep making those bad decisions in a cycle, being hesitant, all of these things? Or would you say, well, I'm going to be confident in this decision. It might be wrong, but if it is wrong, guess what? I learned. I won't repeat that mistake again. And what I'm saying here is once you get to our age, once you get to adulthood, you've experienced enough in life where you can start to notice that a lot of these are common themes in your life in terms of decision making. And if you can notice these trends, if you can be analytical and really self-aware in a sense, it heightens your ability to make good decisions because just like we learn from history to not repeat past mistakes, you can learn from your personal history to not repeat past personal mistakes. But looking at it from a mindset where bad decisions are wrong, bad decisions are scary is the wrong way to look at it. Is it scary to make a big decision about like what car you want to get or who you want to marry or what school you want to go to? Those things that, like you said, they're going to affect your purpose, your path greatly. It's certainly scary. It's certainly something to be afraid of. And feeling a fear, a feeling of fear, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we act on the fear instead of the bravery that Stoics called on, then we just keep making these wrong decisions. And so the, the way to look at it is if I make a bad decision, it shouldn't add to the fear of making decisions in the future. It should actually add to my level of bravery. It should add to my level of courage. To making those decisions in the future because I've already gone through the bad mistakes. So now I can learn and I can make a better decision. So that's the next tip. It's just learning from your past decisions. It's something that's really, really incredibly passive. If we make 35,000 decisions a day, that's 35,000 data points you acquire every single day about the decisions you make in your life. So simply, if you just care enough to notice maybe 1% of those decisions, then you slowly learn and learn and learn until you get to a point where you say, 
been there, done that. I either have my routine or something in my life that can point me to the easy decision that I can make just like that snap of the fingers. I don't have to take any time to do it. And so it's not only better decision-making, but it's quicker decision-making, which saves up time and frees you to go do things that are actually important instead of just sitting there making trivial decisions all day. And the, the interesting thing about decisions is not only do we, like you said, do we make 35,000 decisions a day, but we also spend, I think it's like roughly, I don't know what the percentage is, but the majority of our day is spent on almost autopilot. So it's essentially this state where you are living subconsciously through your subconscious habits, right? Like we go, we brush our teeth kind of on autopilot. We're not really thinking. It's just something we do. And so when you're living in a state where you're not really actually actively recalling like the decisions that you make, you're not really being conscious. It's very easy to have trouble self-reflecting on these decisions because you're not consciously making them. So also I think a good way to ensure that you can look back and learn from your mistakes is to make conscious decisions is to actively be making these decisions with purpose. And at first it can seem exhausting, right? Like, sure, we have our habits and eventually they, they be, if we're building a new habit, it'll eventually become sort of routine. We won't really have to think about it. We're like, Oh, get out of bed, go to the gym, brush teeth, whatever. But once you, it's sort of like leveling up in a video game almost, right? Like you master skills and then they become sort of easier and then you can learn to master new ones. But the only way to do that is through trial and error. And that comes through analyzing. Like you said, you have 35,000 data points to learn from. Obviously, you don't have to go back 35,000 times at every single decision you made every single day. But what Ren's trying to say here is that there's no shortage of history or of the history of the choices that we made or of data points to look at to analyze ourselves. There really is no excuse to say, I haven't done enough to learn from there's always something you can learn that's the that's the beautiful thing about knowledge right is that you'll never be able to know everything you'll never be able to figure out everything and master everything so like you were saying ren you have all these points to analyze from yourself and so if one you can stop living on autopilot for a second and maybe make a few conscious decisions then you'll have some special points to go back and look at like hey i consciously made this decision how did it affect my day? How is it affecting the, my trajectory towards my purpose? And how did it make me feel? Ultimately, there is no right or wrong answer. And when you think that you are making a wrong decision, like you said, that's incorrect. When, you, when you're scared to make decisions, that presents itself an opportunity for you to be courageous. You're not just going to be courageous. You don't just suddenly become a brave person. Like that's not, that's not how it works. And this is like I already mentioned. When you're faced with a very uncomfortable decision where you are forced to be brave and you choose to be courageous, that is a decision that you've made. And then you can go back and say, it wasn't so bad. Like it was hard at first to make the decision, but looking back, delayed gratification, I'm so glad that I made that choice. Now, when I'm faced with that again in the future, maybe not that exact situation, but something of similar nature, I know that it's going to be rough at first, but eventually uh, good fortune will prevail. So, yeah, if you have anything else to add to that point, that's really all I have with learning from your decisions. But well, it's interesting. Marcus Aurelius has a very good quote where he says, do not be disgusted, discouraged, or dissatisfied if you do not succeed in doing everything according to right principles. But when you have failed, return again and be content if the greater part of what you do is consistent with man's nature. Now, the context here is that Stokes believed that man's nature was to be constantly learning, constantly evolving, constantly progressing. 
And we did that through reasoning and logic. And if we take that context in mind, what he's saying here is that this is not a unique thing to our generation, but when we make decisions and we make wrong decisions, we're regretful, we're sad about it, we don't trust ourselves, and we're less likely to make a quick, swift decision that with confidence next time. That's just human nature. But in reality, humans have a similar nature in the fact that they do those things where they make those mistakes, but they're supposed to learn from them. Mistakes are not something to be looked at negatively in a light where you say, well, I won't do that again. I won't, I'm not going to have the same level of confidence. Mistakes are, like I said, data points. And I think if we kind of transition to another tip that you can gather from the Stoic School of Philosophy around decision-making that actually goes really well with learning from your mistakes, learning from your past decisions, is taking responsibility for those decisions. This is something that I feel is more unique to our generation, where we want to deflect blame and deflect responsibility as much as possible with our decisions. Again, we don't have good role models, especially in our generation, especially in America. We don't have good role models of this. Now, maybe your parents are good role models. I think both of our mothers are good role models of taking responsibility, and I think we're both grateful for that. But when you look at like the public eye, when you look at celebrities or politicians or people that we're supposed to look up to, people that are supposed to be leaders in the community, they do the same thing all the time of deflecting blame, deflecting responsibility, and not saying, standing up there and saying, you know what, I made a mistake, my bad. Those words go a long way in today's society. When's the last time you heard somebody close to you say, you know what, I made this decision and it was wrong? And whatever negative effects it had, they brought up and they said, my bad. And they apologized for it. When's the last time you heard that? Me personally, I haven't, I haven't heard that in a while. I haven't heard somebody fully accept responsibility in that way, in that way that acknowledges they did wrong and are going to try and improve in a very long time. And it's something that's very, very sad. But if we're able to take responsibility for our decisions, then again, externally, we're projecting that we're confident. We're confident in our decisions. Even if we make a wrong decision, we're going to get right back on the horse and make another decision. It's something that humans need to be able to do. And taking responsibility is a big part of that. Because taking responsibility also acknowledges that your decisions impact other people. We seem to focus on ourselves a lot in the school of stoicism, and that's certainly true. There's a sense of moral responsibility where we are supposed to take control and responsibility of everything we think, we feel, we do, and not external events. But at the same time, Stoics also were great leaders. Marcus Aurelius was a great emperor because he considered other people as well. So when he did something that was internal, but it affected other external factors, then you have to acknowledge that. You can sit here and say, I don't care about external things. But when the decisions that you make affect the people in your life, you have to obviously think about them. Stoicism isn't something where you just make decisions purely for yourself. Should you prioritize yourself in your decisions? Yes especially those big life decisions, you should definitely prioritize your purpose, the virtues that you live out in your life. But you also have to consider what it does to other people. If you only consider what it does to yourself, you're going to offend a lot of people. You're not going to be a good leader and you're not going to be someone who's well-respected because you only consider your own perspective. So taking responsibility is a big thing in that argument. Taking responsibility makes you an effective decision maker and leader because yes, you're going to make wrong decisions, but people are going to entrust you to even after a wrong decision, make another one because you're able to acknowledge your shortcomings and work to fix them. And that's all that stoicism is about is saying, Hey, as a human being, I have flaws. I have shortcomings. I have things that I need to work on to get to that virtuous lifestyle. But would you rather be with somebody who says I'm a perfect human being? None of what I just said is true. 
I'm living virtuously, you're saying, I'm a work in progress. I'm somebody who's working to it. And my decisions reflect that in terms of the fact that I make mistakes. And I think one perspective that you can kind of gain from stoicism in order to help you take responsibility is just the gift that it is to have the freedom to choose. Stoics were a big believer in reason. Big believer in it being the biggest virtue was reason because it separates us from animals. Animals just go on survival instincts, whereas humans can reason, they have perspective, they are able to see the same thing. Two humans see the same thing, have unique perspectives. Animals can't do that. So in order to utilize that gift fully with your decision-making, you ought to take responsibility. Epictetus has a great quote where he says that you can bind up my leg, but not even Zeus has the power to break my freedom of choice. Not even the gods, not even superior beings have the have the power, the ability to break your freedom to choose. So if this is such a great gift, why squander it by saying not accepting all aspects of it and taking responsibility for all aspects from it? And that's what the Stoics are saying here. It's what Stoic teachings would guide you to do is when you make a mistake, it's not a negative thing, but you need to acknowledge how it may have negatively impacted other people. And you do that through taking responsibility for all of your decisions, whether they're good or bad. And it's, it's good to know that, like you're saying, it, how can it affect other people? Because a lot of these quotes from Stoics about choices and controlling our mind, it's like your own thoughts or what you can control or your mind, right? Um, so it, while it is very focused on, like Marcus Reyes, so many quotes, right? Our control and our power are limited to our own thoughts or do not waste time on what you cannot control. Uh, you have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. A lot of it is focused on just the you part. But like you said, decisions certainly affect other people. And that's also something, well, there's sort of a fine line, right? Because while you, when you make a decision, you want to um, analyze one, how is this going to affect like me? This is important for me. This is a decision for my well-being. But then you also have to ask yourself, like, is it really going to harm other people? Or if it's a decision that simply upsets or offends other people, but doesn't really harm them, like I'm still going to make it anyway. So yes, you have to consider sort of the full circle of who this is going to affect, what the decision is going to influence or, you know, change circumstances for. But like Epictetus says, the key to control is not in controlling external events, but in controlling your own mind. So an external event in my mind, when you make a decision is people are going to get offended. People are going to be like, oh, I can't believe that you would choose to do this. But it's not a, it's not actually affecting them. It's only affecting I guess their judgment, their perspective, right? That's not a good reason to not make a decision. And when we make decisions, we're kind of, when we're peer pressured by other people, it's very easy to kind of make an excuse like, oh, like, why did you, or why didn't you do this? And we say, oh, well, take example for a breakup, right? Oh, why aren't you going to break up with this person? Oh, well, cause you know, they're going to be hurt and like, they're going to this, that, right? And you're like, that, that's not a good reason though, right? Like, if you're not actually really hurting or like putting, putting someone in a dangerous situation with your decision and someone's just like, you have to do what's best for you. It's not selfish. It's a responsible thing to do. And any stoic knows that, that the, the more that you, again, Epictetus, the more you seek to control external events, the less control you are going to have over your own life. The more you're living to please somebody else or do things for somebody else, the less you're going to take care of yourself. And to an extent, right? Yes, we want to take care of the people around us. But when it comes to decisions that are really dictating the trajectory of your entire life, you're going to have to really focus on what is best for you. And there's nothing selfish about that. That's actually why most people don't really get anywhere when they fail to make decisions is because there are other people that are even 
indirectly like influencing their decisions like someone's presence can simply influence someone to make or not make a decision but once you sort of block all that out and you're like no this is what i need for me i have to do this if i want to get where i want to be so i'm going to do it then it's going to be a lot easier and it's never easy to make those decisions because we're always going to care about people it's in our nature we always want the best for the people around us especially those that we care about but to an extent you have to understand that there are going to be choices that you make that not everyone is going to agree with, even the people that care most about you. There's always the example of like entrepreneurs who are like, oh, yeah, I dropped out of college at, you know, like my first semester of college, I dropped out. And then my mom was like, why would you do that? And then I decided to move to Florida and I made a thousand trillion dollars or whatever. But my mom didn't like accept it. That's fine. But that doesn't mean you don't care about these people. It just means sometimes the people that care about you care about you so much that they want you to do what they think is best but they might not actually know so you have to distinguish what actually is best for me and and if i do make this decision is it going to actually harm people around me and if not make the decision take the leap yeah it's, it's a very important distinction and i think if you look at the sort of tips that we've outlined here today it all boils down to building your own sense of morality, your own sense of ethics, and then living according to that and your decision making reflects that. And that's all what that's what philosophy is about is establishing a sense of morality, telling you how the ways the behaviors that are the best way to live, how you gain the most out of life. And by employing all of these tips and establishing that sense of morality, it, it you, you're correct in saying it's not selfish to prioritize yourself, but you'll notice that by prioritizing yourself, you also are bringing good things to others because your morality, it, I'm not going to say morality is correct or incorrect, but your morality is something that's very positive. It's not negative. You don't bring a lot of negative qualities to the table. And it's a journey that takes time, but you apply these tips and you apply your personal experiences and you kind of build that sense of morality. Then ultimately you have the confidence to make those decisions. And sure, you know, you're dropping out of college and people around you are saying, well, what are you doing? That's the wrong decision. It's not bringing any harm to them, like you mentioned, and your personal morals, your personal ethics, you believe in yourself, then you go ahead and make that decision. Now, if it, what I'm saying here is if it doesn't work out, because we hear those success stories of entrepreneurs who drop out, you never hear the stories of entrepreneurs who drop out and don't do anything because they never did anything that qualified as a story good enough for us to hear. So the difference there is if I was somebody, if I'm putting myself in those shoes, if I'm an entrepreneurship, if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm successful, I make those decisions, I'm going to give back. I'm going to acknowledge the goodness that came out of that decision, whether it's wealth or possessions or whatever, and give that back to the people who may be down to my decisions, but I still care about. Whereas put myself in the shoes of the entrepreneur who dropped out and then didn't do anything with their life. And now they're working at McDonald's. Then I also am going to fully acknowledge the harms that that caused my family or the harms that that caused me the, the harms of that decision. So it's just that duality is that we're always quick to acknowledge responsibility and say, yep, I made that decision when it, ended up going great but we also need to keep that same mindset when it went wrong not because that's going to make you maybe a perfect decision maker but it because it's going to deliver respect to you not only externally but self-respect because you're able to say all right i made this terrible decision i got through it i acknowledged it to people and my life didn't end so i can do it again i can do it a hundred more times a thousand more times because you're going to have to that's the reality is why we're making this episode is it's inevitable. It is ultimately inevitable every single day that you're going to be faced with a tough decision. So you might as well start taking responsibility for it now and playing these tips now so that you make better decisions. And the final tip I want to leave with today that we haven't 
expressly said yet, is trusting yourself. You can sense this theme throughout all the other tips, but trusting yourself and the decision-making process might actually be the most important thing. If you have no trust in yourself, no confidence in yourself, you're always going to be second-guessing yourself. You're always going to be hesitating. You're never going to take responsibility because you think that what you're doing is wrong. You're not going to analyze it through virtue, dichotomy of control. You're just going to say, ooh, scary decision. Get away from me as quick as possible. And that's going to lead to even worse decision-making. And so it's a spiral. And self-confidence is big in every single area. But I feel like there's very few areas besides decision-making where it's as big. Self-confidence, the ability to trust yourself to make the right decision, is all it comes down to. And all these tips we've given help you get there. But ultimately, you're not going to be able to follow through on the decision. You might have it in your mind. You say, well, this is virtuous. It'll help me with my purpose. It's not going to do harm to people. And it's something I can take responsibility for. But if you don't have the self-confidence, there's going to be some sort of self-doubt, some negative self-talk that talks you out of the decision. You say, well, I'm not going to make it now. And like I said, 100% of the decisions you don't make are the wrong one. Simple as that. You don't make a decision, it's the wrong decision because you didn't take any action. Epictetus says, no man is free who is not the master of himself. No person is free who doesn't master their emotions, who doesn't master their ability to be confident, their ability to trust themselves. Because if you don't have those qualities, you're not going to be confident in anything you do. You're not going to be able to have the motivation to do things that other people won't. And that's what good leaders do. That's what good um, motivators do. That's what good decision makers do. And you might say, well, why do I need these qualities in my life? No matter what you're doing in life, you're going to have to exemplify some sort of leadership. If you want to do anything in life, you're going to at some point have to lead a group of people. You're not ultimately going to be able to live life isolated. There are going to be times where it's great to be isolated, but there are going to be times where you need to employ crucial decision-making abilities, crucial leadership qualities. And without the ability to trust yourself, you're never going to be able to do that. So like you said a while back, it all starts with just trying, with taking the first step. So any one of these tips can be employed, but they need to be employed in conjunction with each other. And obviously, it's a personal thing, so you can prioritize these tips as you want. But trusting yourself is the base of all of them. Because without self-trust, there is no confidence, so you hesitate. Without self-trust, there is no sense, again, of confidence, so you can't take responsibility for your actions because you're scared of what they might result in. Without self-trust, you can't really analyze truthfully under the dichotomy of control because you don't have a sense of what you control and what you don't because you haven't mastered your emotions. You don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself. And so you will delineate control to other people as much as possible. And you can't analyze through virtue of purpose because if you can't trust yourself, then you can't really trust your vision. And so the purpose becomes wishy-washy. Everything. Everything we've said in this episode becomes wishy-washy if you can't trust yourself. And so that, while that is the final tip we give, I would say it's the most important. Absolutely. And my last remarks, like what you said, if a, especially as a leader, if you aren't confident in your decisions, right? Imagine you're standing up on a podium in front of hundreds, maybe even thousands of people. And you're forced to make a decision. You're like, well, I mean, I think this is like, no one's going to trust you anymore. Not only are you not going to trust yourself, but people aren't going to have trust in you. No one, no one's going to believe that you're confident in what you're saying. And then you ultimately deem yourself as less credible as a person, especially when you're trying to make a point, but you're not confident. So you, you're exactly right. Confidence is everything when you're making a decision, even if you're faking it, right? Even if you're completely terrified like you are shaking 
you're sweating, you're nervous, and you have no idea if it's the right decision, just mustering up all of your your courage and you say, yep, I am positive that I want to move forward with this decision. People are going to say, all right. And then in the end, one, if it doesn't work out, that's fine. You learn. But if it does, you're only going to build your confidence from there. You're only going to see, wow, like I was confident and look how well this paid off for me. I want to end with a quote from Viktor Frankl. And I know you love Frankl because he was one of the first people that we started talking, that you actually introduced me to him. But he says, there are two quotes. One is decisions, not conditions determine what a man is. So it's not the external factors. It's not you know, the people around you that determine who you are. It's not your environment. It's not the things that have happened to you. It's what you choose to do every day because every decision you make ultimately is almost like a tally towards who you are, right? So if you are split between eating healthy or not eating healthy, the version of you that's going to eat healthy or is not going to eat healthy, if you choose to, that's one tally towards eating healthier and that's the person you want to become. So Every decision you make is sort of a tally towards the person you want to be and the person you don't want to be. That's what that's sort of how I interpret that uh, quote. And the last one is every human has the freedom to change at any instant. There is no perfect time to make a decision. There is no perfect timing. You know what I mean? Like Obviously, we can have like sort of optimal timing in our lives. We see that things come together at almost perfect times, but you can't rely on luck or coincidence to make decisions you're the you have the freedom to be or you have the ability to change yourself at any moment any moment so the only right time to do it is now don't wait till tomorrow don't say oh okay because it's not monday yet i'm not gonna start or because it's not you know it's not my rest day yet i'm not gonna whatever start now because Putting things off, like we mentioned before, with like procrastination, it's arrogant. Putting things off, waste of life, waste of time. You're wasting space. You're wasting opportunity. There are people out there who can only dream of being in the position that you are in. And so the more that you put things off, the more of your life that you're wasting and the more opportunity you could get, you could have, but you, you put it off and you, you never know. So start now. And when you make a decision, don't try and wait for the perfect time. Just make the decision, take action instead of staying stagnant. And I know we're sort of sort, sort of starting to sound like a broken record now, but these are really important points to bring up. And I really liked your your whole spiel about courage and how, or not courage, about confidence and trust and how it's, they sort of are in like this circle, right? Without being confident in yourself, you won't trust yourself. And if you can't trust yourself, obviously you're not going to be confident. So absolutely right. But I think in order to to get there in the first place, you have to take that difficult leap. So it's almost a leap of faith, right? That's sort of what faith is, is you're, you're believing in something that you can't actually see or that you don't really know of 100%. You're choosing to believe that um, you're going to be okay no matter what the outcome of this decision is. Just, just to wrap up and speak on your tally point, every single day we seem to have like a whiteboard of character. Now – the Stoics believe that character was based off of choices, and it makes sense. Every every choice you make, every one of those 35,000 decisions you make is either a tally on plus character or minus character. Every single day, and every single day it resets to zero. And it's 35,000 points you can get throughout the day. So even if you're only really caring, again, about like 1% of those things, it adds up over time. And so these tips that we we've given today they're they're based deeply in stoic philosophy 
but the biggest point to make is that what you said, it starts every day and it requires a leap of faith. And if you can just employ one of these things to start, it will enhance your decision-making. That's the great thing about these stoic tips in terms of decision-making is that just employing one of them will help. Now, it obviously is better if you employ them all in conjunction with each other, but just one of them. Seneca has a lot of quotes. He has a lot of quotes about how we shouldn't waste a single day. There's a Latin phrase, memento mori, remember that you will die, meaning that you shouldn't waste a single day because tomorrow is never given. So if tomorrow is never given, if this is your final day, then make the decisions the best they can be and employ these tips. And with that being said, this has been this week's episode of the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. Thanks for listening as always. If you haven't checked out our website, we've got a new article on the website, so be sure to go check it out and leave some support, leave a comment, leave a like, all of that good stuff. And with that being said, we will see you next week.